This is an interview with Adam Bumpus, who's a doctoral student at the Environmental Change Institute. Uh, so Adam, can you tell us a little bit about what you're studying? Well, I study carbon offsets, um, which are an emerging form of managing the environment, whereby people who are polluting in one place in the world pay someone else for a project in another place in the world to reduce their emissions. So effectively, someone drives their car and they have three tonnes of emissions per year. They pay someone to implement a uh, more efficient cooking stove or a couple of more efficient cooking stoves somewhere else in the world, which then reduce three tonnes of carbon. So that balances their carbon. That's the theory. Um, and so I'm studying carbon offsets to try and understand how these mechanisms through carbon offsets, through the Kyoto Protocol, its clean development mechanism, and through voluntary carbon offset projects, how do they actually reduce emissions? Who do they benefit? Is it just for money or is it actually helping people in, in the developing countries? And uh, are there any ways forward to actually manipulate these systems to make them more progressive in the future? So you're now just about to start your third year, is that correct? Um, can you tell us what brought you to Oxford in the first place? Well, actually, I wish I was decided my third year. I'm actually near the end of my third year, but uh, I'm still still on it. So um, what brought me here is that I was working in London for about three and a half years on media and climate change issues, including some work as a consultant to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, where I started learning more and more about the clean development mechanism. And uh, as I was doing my master's at King's College London, I started getting more interested in how we can use these academic debates to influence and to work on these actual mechanisms that are happening in the world. So I uh, was noticed there were some certain issues to do with carbon offsets, to do with um, their relationship to sustainable development, and that they might not actually be engendering as much sustainable development as we thought they would be or thought they should be. So I looked into this and, and talked to some more professors, including... Uh, head of our advisory board, Professor Tim O'Riordan, and um, we put together some ideas and I, and I applied to a bunch of different universities and uh, fortunately for me, Oxford picked it up and thought this was an interesting thing to study. So uh, I then uh, met Diana Liverman and we came here and, uh, and I started working on this, this issue. So it's, it's really, um, Oxford really wasn't on the radar at the beginning, but actually when I got here, I suddenly realised that there are so many people working on these issues on climate change and on development and on livelihoods that it actually seems it's a, it's a fantastic place to be at this moment in time working on climate change. So can you tell us a bit about what it's like to be a doctoral student at the Environmental Change Institute? Uh, well, it's pretty good because we have a lot of support. And for me, to be in a place where there's lots of people thinking critically about these issues and not just doing straight science, not just doing straight social science, there's a lot of interdisciplinarity here. And I think that's a really important part of, uh, of studying this issue because it really isn't just about, we need the natural science, but it's not just about having the numbers. We need to understand how this is translated into real human behaviour and actions. And uh, being at the UCI means that even though I'm just a PhD student, I get to interact with people who are other postdocs or people who are lecturers or people who are professors. And we have lots of visiting professors who come here and so I get to interact with a bunch of people who I probably wouldn't get to speak to otherwise. And... Um, and that means it just helps your research grow so much faster because you get to be able to uh, use their influences and just chat with, chat with people about your ideas. And, it's, and I think the ECI has a sort of unique situation because it's policy relevant as well. It's not just about creating academic information, which is the purpose of the PhD, which is obviously extremely important. But it gives us the opportunity to look at how our academic information it can be fed into bigger debates that are actually affecting decisions that politicians and businesses and, and uh, other entities make. Now, you're officially studying within the School of Geography. 
Um, can you tell me why the discipline of geography is important for carbon offsets? Why, why are you looking at it under this umbrella? Well, it's a good point because a lot of people have a sort of misconception about geography and what it means to do this thing. And uh, I recently was at a presentation where I said, well, I, I use geography because it's trying to understand uh, how people make decisions in certain places and, and who benefits and who doesn't. And someone else responded, well, that's just economics. Well, it is economics in one sense, but geography is a fantastic uh, discipline to look at these issues when they, when, they, when they span across space. So economics and political eco economy influences decisions people make. But it helps us through understanding geography to understand how these decisions are made in different parts of the world that affect other places in the world and how through different scales and through different mechanisms people can affect uh, someone's actions thousands and thousands of miles away. For example, with carbon offsets, uh, if you click on a website on a carbon offset company in the UK, you channel money through to their projects, which then channel through to local people and organisations in another country, which then channel into a house, which provides funding for a cooking stove for example and so what we need to understand as geographers is what are those links that connect people across space and how does you clicking on a mouse sitting in your house in Hampstead have an effect on someone in a house in Honduras and that's that's what makes geography really interesting about understanding this because it is it is about understanding the relationship between space and time and the way processes are changing the world and the second point is that we're we are in an era of globalization where there are areas of the world which become much more connected to global spaces and eco economy and, and markets and, and other, other places less so. But geography is the discipline which can really help us get to grips with lots of these issues that are facing the world right now. It's, it's a very applied discipline in terms of we can use the theoretical constructs that are put through geography to try and understand real world problems. And I think that's why it makes it super interesting to be situated in geography but also actually in the UCI to make, these, to make this research happen. So do you think that carbon offsets are actually going to save us from climate change? Uh, well, that's a question I get asked a lot. Um, I think carbon offsets are one way of looking at the issue of climate change, one way that we can do something about it. Um, carbon offsets will never stop climate change as we see it happening now. We need deep cuts domestically in, in terms of you know, developed countries um, to reduce our emissions to actually have a, a real impact on the environment. Um, but carbon offsets are a way to help people, if, if they're done properly, to help people move towards an idea that carbon has a price and that carbon can be reduced and that actually you can use your money in ways that actually have multiple benefits in certain, aspect, in certain areas. Now, what I mean by that is that some carbon offsets, well, all carbon offsets at the beginning are controversial um, because there's arguments about that it, it avoids domestic action because you can just pay someone else to do it. You're absolving your, your sins for it. Um, all, this, all, these, uh, all these reasons are very important critiques of why carbon offsets might not work. But on the other hand, carbon offsets might work very well if, there's, if, they're, if they use mechanisms and systems which are um, able, transparent and able to see where the carbon reductions are actually made. And on the second part, if they have co-benefits for local people. Now, a lot of people are... Um, using carbon offsets now to channel money through to communities in, in the global south and developing countries who have had very uh, low level of development or low levels of assistance from other countries and who are still living in you know, very uh, difficult conditions. And a lot of organisations in the south have seen carbon offsets as a way to engage in these markets that are going in the north. And the CDM market is worth $20 billion a year in 2008. So these are significant markets that people could, could access. The trouble is at the moment, 
the carbon offsets aren't really doing what they, they're meant to be doing. They're, they're very little in terms of development. There's very questionable some offsets and whether they're actually having any net benefit on the environment whatsoever. So they're not going to save the world from climate change. We need those emissions reductions. But in combination with having domestic emissions reductions, if we structure carbon offsets correctly and uh, make them as progressive as possible, and this is the thing we call like progressive possibilities, to try and understand what can we get out of carbon offsets and actually really help people, both on the side of reducing emissions on our, from our benefit in the north in terms of we have to pay for this, and that's what we should, we should be paying for our carbon emissions or our carbon um, and the ability to reduce them, but also because the money can travel through and uh, if governed effectively to communities who otherwise would not have benefited. And I think our role here, and I see my role in this research, is to try and understand where do we go in the middle. There's, there's biting critiques on the left that saying carbon offsets are, uh, are not the way we should go, which we should just have hard domestic emissions reductions. And there's the, there's the, the people on the very right, the, neo, the huge neoliberals who say, no, no, markets will solve everything. And the question is, it's neither of those two poles, really. It's somewhere in the middle that we have to understand how do those critiques influence each other? And how do we get to a position where we can regulate the markets uh, effectively? And by effectively, I mean that there's still innovation coming through and that the markets actually produce the reductions that people are actually paying for and effect some change, some positive change in the communities in which they work. So it's a really tricky question. It's not something that we'll have an answer for. And I probably won't have an answer at the end of my PhD. But there are... Um, that we're definitely, I'm definitely getting towards a situation where we can start seeing the types of mechanisms and the types of technology which will actually help both carbon reductions and the people that they're, they're meant to help in the South. So I know you're jetting off to uh, um, America in the next couple of days. Can you tell us what's next for you? Ah, uh, well, I thought, I thought the question was going to be, uh, so what carbon offsets do you buy? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what's next for me? Well, I'm going to, I am actually going to the US to work in um, University of California, Santa Cruz, and that's uh, part of my funding from the ESRC, NERG, um, that I could spend three months with an institution to work there. And I'm working there to try and understand some more issues with carbon offsets. Um, so what's next for me? Well, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to spend the time there to try and figure out um, some, figure out some of these moves to go next. I think that there's a lot of call for to move into business with these these areas. All the major banks are buying carbon offsets, and there's lots of you know emissions traders and all that kind of thing. But I think there is still a lot of work that needs to be done on from from the academic side to try and understand how we can best improve these mechanisms. So, um, and I've I've having my own consultancy business, and I do a lot of work with private sector and organisations and the United Nations and people like that to try and help them with their carbon offsets. And and that's very interesting to see how you can apply it. But uh, I think you still need to have a lot of uh, a lot more research on how to understand carbon offsets from an academic point of view that can then be applied to these these businesses and and uh, intergovernmental organisations, etc. So. For me, I don't know. Uh, I'd be very interested in looking at lectureships in the US uh, and Canada because I think there's some very interesting parts there for uh, uh, for where the carbon markets are opening, but also here in the UK. And, uh, and the ECI is a pretty good place to be. So who knows? We have the Smith School for Environment and Enterprise. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I think. Um, hope opening here very soon. And uh, I think that's a very interesting sort of direction forward as well. So um, academia probably, but uh, keeping a little bit of interest in the business side as well. That's great. Thanks very much, Adam. Thank you.